0: LinkedIn
1: presents. Welcome to the Breast One for Nick podcast. My name's Nick Limpsdahl. My guest this week is Joey Coleman. He's a renowned expert in customer and employee engagement. And today we are going to talk about never losing a customer or never losing an employee again. I've had him on before and it was never lose a customer again. And I thought I was never going to do that again. But I brought him back, and now we're talking about never losing an employee. Again, it is a highly anticipated book. I'm super excited to talk about it. it does a bunch of other stuff like keynote speaker, workshop leader, consultant, uh, best selling author, et cetera. But enough about his intro. Welcome to the Breast One for Nick podcast.
0: Nick, thank you so much for having me back on the show. And for what it's worth, I empathize with that challenge of, are we talking about customers or employees? Because I get the chance to talk about both. Either way, we're talking about creating great experiences. And my hope is that we have a great conversation that creates a great experience for your loyal listeners. So thanks to everybody for chiming in and listening as well.
1: Every time that I talk to Joey Coleman, it is going to be a great experience in a great conversation. So let's get started. One thing that you did and I completely botched was you had the book, Never Lose a Customer Again. You are a customer experience expert. So what drew you to focusing on that employee experience book? Well, really two things,
0: Nick. Number one, anyone who's worked in the customer experience CX space or customer service space for a long time knows that you can't have a great customer experience without having great employees. I knew that, I've been working in this in 20 years, and so often the consulting work I did and the uh, speeches I gave looked at, well, what about the employees and how do we make sure the employees are ready to deliver this remarkable experience? But to be candid, as somebody who hadn't had a bunch of employees for a long time, in previous careers, and previous lives, I had a lot of uh, team members, but I've been kind of flying as a solo entrepreneur for a period, I didn't, I kind of disconnected from the challenges of having people on the team. When you're the only one delivering the experience, you know what the experience is going to be. It's going to be you every single time. So I kind of disconnected from it a bit, but the credit goes to readers of my first book. So about three months after my first book came out, I got an email and the email, all it said was, dear Joey, if you wrote a book called never lose an employee again, I would buy it. And it was signed by the reader. I thought, well, that's kind of interesting, a little weird, never really thought of kind of the title would work. I think that could be fun, but okay. Over the course of the subsequent months, I received many more emails that just said that no additional context, no reasoning, no rationale, just dear Joey, if you wrote a book called Never Lose an Employee Again, I would buy it. And it dawned on me, as my wife, I'm sure, would happy to attest if she ever came on the show, that I can be a little bit of a slow learner. I was like, there might be something here. So I started to do some research. I started to talk to friends and clients and folks that I would meet who had large groups of employees about their biggest challenges. And I realized that they had huge employee challenges, employee engagement. How do we find the right people? How do we hire the right people? What kind of questions do we ask in an interview? How do we onboard them? How do we train them? How do we retain them? And we were chugging along doing great research and finding some great stories. And then, bam, COVID happened. I called my publisher. I said, stop the presses. The landscape for employment on the planet is about to change in a way that, frankly, it hasn't changed since probably the industrial revolution. We need to wait and see what happens. And we continued the research. We continued the looking. And that's why the book is ready and out now. And it represents. Years and years of research, decades of companies that have been working to create remarkable experiences for their employees. And hopefully, it's a playbook and a roadmap for anyone who's trying to navigate this new world of work that we find ourselves in. Because respectfully, we're not going back to what it was like in 2019. I empathize with the leaders and the owners who want to do that, but it's not going to happen. So, how can we move forward in creating the kind of remarkable employee experiences? that will help you find the right talent onboard and train the right talent
1: and keep the right talent. So I love that there is my, my analogy is, as a married guy, if mommy happy, nobody happy. And the same is true with your employees, right? If, if your employees are not happy, it's a direct reflection back to your customers on how you treat your employees. And so, uh, I liked the book and how, uh, what I was immediately thinking was maybe it was just one person sending A bunch of spoof emails over to (laughs) you for 14 different times saying, hey, Joey. Nick, was it you? Were you the one sending the emails? Uh, Suddenly, ladies and gentlemen, big reveal on the press one for
0: Nick. Press two, it actually was someone else.
1: Press two, it was not me. Uh, But I think it's important to absolutely focus on that. You said you took a pause. How long did you take that pause to see how that all played out? uh, What that, that future state of that employee experience looked like?
0: Yeah, we took a pause in the publishing schedule, but we didn't take a pause in the research. So we continued to look at it and work on it. And, you know, I'm very fortunate to have clients all over the world. And we were continuing to experiment with how to navigate remote work, how to navigate the pandemic in terms of their efforts. Um, And so it was in many ways, beautiful because I almost had a little bit of a laboratory where we could be seeing in real time what was happening in industries globally. One of the things I'm really proud about in the new book is that we have over 50 case studies from all seven continents. Yes, there's even a case study from Antarctica. And what I wanted to do or see my hypothesis going into it was, I bet humans are the same globally. Yes, I I recognize and I respect that there are different rules and laws in different jurisdictions, there are different cultural norms, there are different relationships with work, but at the end of the day most humans when they think about work want somewhere where they feel that their contribution is appreciated, where they feel they can make an impact, when they feel where they feel they can be part of something bigger than themselves. And where they feel feel that they can earn a uh, an honest wage for an honest day's work. And I found that to be true in every industry we studied, in every country we studied, on every continent we studied. So there are some themes and some parallels, I think, that run underneath this book, regardless of where you're based and regardless of
1: where your employees live. So how did you find that person in Antarctica? I'm guessing it was just a LinkedIn reach out and saying... I got to find somebody. Search Antarctica. Well, there's that one person. Let me. Yeah. I I actually
0: turned it into a trip. I got to admit. I went to Antarctica. (laughs) I was giving a speech in Antarctica. And while we were there, I was doing some research. So there's actually the case study in the book and there's the case study that's not in the book from Antarctica. The one that's in the book actually comes from uh, Sir Edmund Shackleton, right? The infamous explorer of antarctica the guy who led the endurance uh expedition to antarctica and then there was also one that regrettably didn't make the book but is a company that is a tour operator in antarctica and kind of what they do to build bonds with their teams but that's available as a bonus that's coming for folks who get the book and uh access this little thing we put together called the vault which is all the things that we couldn't fit in the book but we're excited to share afterwards. But wait, there's more. But wait, you there's buy more. Now. Buy now. The ball. Well, one of the things that always drove me crazy, Nick, to be honest, as when I was thinking about becoming an author, was this idea that authors work really hard to write books and to put a lot of value in there, and then have those books get out in the world. But if one of our listeners goes on Amazon, or they go to their local indie bookstore, or they go to Barnes and Noble, or Books a Million, or wherever they go, and they buy a copy of my book. I don't know that. I have no way of knowing that. I maybe know that a sale happened from a royalties point of view, but I don't know who they are, where they live, why they bought the book, what they were hoping to do, when they read it, if they read it. And frankly, this drove me crazy. So in my first book, we developed this thing called Experience the Book. The idea is you open to the first page of the book and it says, Would you like to experience the book? If you would, go to this website, sign up, tell us. What copy of the book you got, i.e., hardcover, ebook, or audiobook, how quickly you think you're going to read it a couple days, a week, more than a month, and share any information you want to share about why it appealed to you, what you're hoping to get out of it, et cetera, et cetera. This then created a series of interactions that I would have with the readers where you would start reading. And if you told me it was going to take a month, you would get timed messages from me that were paced to match where I thought you were in the book. And what I loved about this, Nick, is I've now had, I I think the last time I looked at it, it was like north of 80 countries where people have read the book and they signed up to experience the book and they wrote me emails and they sent me text messages and little videos and they respond. And I was able to send them little messages and little special things. So for the new book, Never Lose an Employee Again, I was like, we got to make the experience even better. So we're going to have the experience, the book, we're going to have that going and that's going to create the opportunity. And I totally encourage people who are reading or listening to the book to sign up for that. But we also have something called the vault that I was alluding to earlier, where it's like all the things that I wish I could have put in the book are going to be in the book. So for example, if I'm in the book and I'm talking to you about, there's this really cool video you should see. In a printed book, There's nothing you can do in an ebook. Maybe there's an outbound link, but that's clunky and it's not effective in an audio book. Forget about it. Like I can play the audio in the background, but you can't see the picture in the vault. I can show you the video. You can actually go and watch the video that I've just described in the book. And seeing is often better than just reading. And hopefully it creates an even better experience for the person
1: who's spending time in the book. So what I recommend is hitting pause right now on this podcast episode, going to wherever you purchase books. Hopefully it's online, so you're not going out and running around and jumping in your car just to hit play again once you get out of the books a million. But uh, I do recommend it. I've I've purchased uh, the Never Lose a Customer Again, but and I look from, looking forward to to this book as well. You know, in your research in this specific book, you mentioned six tool employers can enhance the customer journey. And, and it's where, where any standout tools that you can find to be more commonly utilized than others. So how do you contribute to a positive experience?
0: Well, I think there are six tools we can use to interact with our employees. And those tools are the following. I'll give a quick overview and then we can dive into some of them. We have our in-person interactions, right? The mano a mano, human to human, we're in the same room. It used to be that was almost the only way we interacted with our employees. But in an increasingly remote world, we don't always get the in-person interactions we might hope for. So the question is, how are we capitalizing on those opportunities to be in the same room? Next is email. This is the number one tool most organizations use to communicate with their employees, Yet it is probably the least favorite form of communication of everybody on the planet. So I'm not opposed to emails, but I'm opposed to you thinking that emails as you're currently sending them are creating these magical moments for your people. We could do better with our email. We then have physical mail, right? Snail mail, the OG inbox, right? The original inbox. What's interesting to me is every employer, at least in the United States, and this holds true in most countries as well knows the legal mailing address of their employees. And yet the only thing they ever mail them is tax information and maybe pay stubs and not even pay stubs as much anymore. Why aren't we using mail? We use mail and direct mail to reach out to prospects, to spend, send special things to customers. Why don't we do that with our employees? So a huge opportunity there. Next, phone. Okay, Most of our employees, the only time we call or text them is if there's a problem. Hey, somebody didn't come in for their shift today. We need you in here. Hey, we're at the office and uh, your login. We don't know what it is and we got to get into your computer to get something, right? It's usually there's a problem. What if the phone was a way to create connection? What if text messages were a way to build emotional bonds with our people instead of just put out fires? We then come to videos. Now, this is one where I will tell you, Nick, most companies aren't using this nearly as much as they could. Right now, we're at a unique time in human history. The average person, when they receive a video in their email or via text message, does two things. Number one, they watch it. And number two, they probably have a significant relationship with the sender. Most of us aren't getting personalized emails from the big behemoth box stores, right? We're getting personal video emails from our college roommate, somebody that we know, a close advisor, a confidant. There's a huge opportunity as employers to use video sent, especially via text message to our team to let them know how much they, ma- they mean to us and to find new ways to connect and educate and train them. Last but not least, gifts and presents. This is one that I want to put a little asterisk by because when I was writing my customer book, I also often used to joke like, hey, by the way, if it has your logo on it, it's not really a gift. Well, guess what? The same thing holds true in the employee context, all right? If it has your logo on it, it's probably a uniform. It's probably not a gift. Now, I'm not opposed to you having swag that your people can wear that has your logo on it. I'm opposed to you thinking that any of your employees are sitting at home right now going, oh my goodness, my birthday's coming up and I will be the luckiest person in the world if I can get a polo with a gigantic logo of my employer stitched on it that I can wear everywhere I go. No, no one is wanting that. Again, I'm not opposed to you giving logo items, but I want you to think strategically about the gifting opportunities that are available to you with your employees. And if you're not willing to invest in gifts for your employees, the people who make your organization run, I'd like to know who you do give gifts to. Like, do you, are you giving gifts to your significant other, your spouse, your children, your parents? Because we should have a bigger conversation. If you're not gifting those people, gifts are a great way for someone to have physical proof, tangible proof that they matter to you. Huge opportunities.
1: So you, you touched on um, employees and how they, you can, of these additional channels, you can help them show how they matter to you. What does that do for that employee? And how does that make them feel?
0: Well, Nick, it's a great question. And I'd almost like to put it to our listeners. When someone shows you that you matter, when someone shows you that they care about you, when someone does something that is unexpected and special and thoughtful, what is the emotional reaction you have? In my experience, most humans react this way. Oh my gosh, they know me. They value me they appreciate me. I have worth. I have meaning. I have connection. I have friends. I have someone in my life that cares. I have someone in my life who, if I wasn't here, would be missing something. Your employees are humans too. And in this day and age, I think most humans are dying for physical, tangible proof that they matter. We go on social media, we do a post, and we pay attention to how many likes we get. We put something out online, and we look, well, how, how many of those emails converted? We go through our lives looking for evidence that the things we're doing matter, that they have significance, that they're of import. And most of us don't have a lot of loops feeding back that they do. Your employees are no exception. When you do these types of things for your employees, not only does it lift them up emotionally, but it strengthens this often more transactional bond, employer-employee, and turns it into a connection of we're a team working together for a common goal. I will say this, Nick. It is, when, for companies that are thinking about retention, right, they're like, Joey, how can we get our people to stay? It is a lot easier to quit a company then quit a community of your friends. If nothing else, you will increase your retention by having people enjoy the other people they work with and feel seen, heard,
1: and appreciated by their coworkers and colleagues. I like how you touched on the community of friends because I also believe that's very important. And one of your frameworks that you touch on is the first hundred days. And it's a core concept in your book. And one of the key factors that an employee should focus on during this period is to ensure a positive employee experience. So why is that first 100 days so important?
0: It's so important because of biology and systems and the way humans are hardwired. When we interact with another human being, those first impressions matter. It's not just a catchy phrase, right? We're constantly reading, is this person a threat? Is they, are they friend or foe? What are they, what's this relationship going to be? And in employment context, those feelings are exacerbated because we spend so much time at work. Stop and think about what portion of your day you're spending with your coworkers Versus the portion of your day you're spending with the person you're in a relationship with, whether that's a significant other spouse, children, parents, etc. We're devoting a ton of time to these people and these relationships and the ability to create a strong foundation early in that relationship in the first 100 days is what solidifies the ground on which the relationship will stand. It's not just my belief that the first 100 days matter. In fact, if we look at all the research, we see that half of hourly workers quit before the 100-day anniversary. I'm going to repeat that because it's an important statistic that a lot of people aren't aware of. Half of people who are paid hourly will quit their job before they reach the 100-day anniversary. For people that aren't paid hourly, it hovers somewhere between 20 and 40 percent, depending on industry. These are huge numbers. In fact, 4 percent of new employees will come to work for the first day and not come back for day two. Four percent. These numbers are staggering. And if you're listening to this and you're saying, but Joey, we don't have that problem at our company, I would say, yet, when was the last time you hired people? Because this trend is only increasing. We had more people quit their job in 2022 than at any other time in human history. We had more people quit their job in 2021 than at any other time in human history other than when it was exceeded the following year in 2022. This number has been growing year on year on year. This is the marketplace we're in. If you've been lucky enough to not have an employee quit in the last year, count yourself fortunate. Because the research also shows, and this will be my last stat, sixty-five percent of current employees are actively considering another job. Sixty-five percent. So my question to the business leaders, to the business owners, the CEOs, everybody out there is which 65% of your team are you okay not having on your team next year? Because that's so you're what recommending
1: you're this. sending out a video. To all of the employees and asking them which 65. Yeah, exactly.
0: You. Are you thinking about leading? Here's the thing. How often as leaders are we caught off guard? Too often. Often. Well, yeah. Too often. And often the place we're most caught off guard is when an employee says, I'd like to set up a meeting. And you walk into the meeting and they're like, I'm giving my two weeks notice. Oh my gosh, wait, where does this come from? Rarely are we like, yep, thought this was coming or sweet, excited to take your resignation. Usually we're caught off guard. Why? Because we haven't been paying attention. We're not in close enough relationship and understanding what their goals are, their dreams, their vision. Not only are they doing the job, but where do they see this job, this relationship in the greater
1: scope of their life experience? Yeah, so well put. So why is every single year here moving forward the the highest percentage of people not showing up for that second day, or the people that are looking to looking for additional jobs at sixty five percent of the time? Why is that continuing to increase? I think there's a couple of factors. It's a great question, Nick. And, and the the reality is, the researchers
0: we don't really know. We're not hundred percent sure, but there's some trends that seem to be contributing to this behavior. Trend number one, uh, especially on the heels of the pandemic, most employees realize that the emperor has no clothes. They realized how they were being treated at work was not that great. And now they've woken up to the reality and aren't interested in staying around anymore. Number two, if we were to roll back the clock 50 years, it is highly likely that your employer had their headquarters within 30 miles of your home. You drove to work. You did your job. You drove home. Now, that still describes many employers. But increasingly, if you live within 30 miles of the office, and that office is the headquarters of who you work for, you're telling me that either you work in a very hands-on industry, you have a very specific technical skill that requires physical manipulation, or you work for a very small business that has a very small geographic footprint. One of the biggest challenges many of my consulting clients are facing right now is having their employees here in the United States being poached by international companies that want to hire Native American, not Native English, Native American language speakers to help them grow their global footprint. And they're comfortable saying work from home. And they're comfortable saying, just log into the Zoom or the Teams call and we'll call it a day. And they're comfortable saying, we'll match your salary. In fact, we'll exceed your salary. and Plus, you'll get all the benefits we have here in France in terms of days off. Suddenly, they just got seven months vacation. I'm just joking. Our French listeners, we love you too. But this it's is only six. Exactly. This is what you're up against. You used to think as an employer, as long as I'm the best place to work in town, I'm fine. Now you better darn well be the best place to work on the planet in every industry not just your industry or else people are coming for your people so this trend's only going to increase it's also the case that i think post pandemic more employees and employers have gotten comfortable with the idea of not being in an office just the psychological idea which is fascinating because if we roll back the clock 100 years people as a general rule didn't work in the office but we have become so conditioned that commutes and water coolers in the office and sitting in cubicles is normal, that it took something like a global pandemic for two years to reset people's expectations and understanding of what normal and acceptable was.
1: I got to ask there throughout all of your, your research in Antarctica and otherwise you did touch on and joked about the, the France seven months and they get free cheese and wine for life or something like that. But what are some of the unique and unconventional employee benefits or perks that you come across to enhance that overall experience?
0: Oh, Nick, I love this question. And by the way, pro tip, there's a whole list of them in the vault. I'm just saying, but here are some of my favorites. Um, And I'm going to put these in the scale of um, least expensive to most expensive. Because lots of times when you talk about benefits, people get super anxious. And they're like, Joey, there's no way we could afford that. Or we don't have the budget for that. So let's, let's start on the low end, which should be kind of a layup. We'll give you one that's in the middle. That's maybe a little more expensive. And then we'll give you one that's a lot more expensive, but super sexy and interesting. Okay. On the low end, there's a company called YokoCo. That's a web development firm. They've got about 25 employees. They were actually a case study in my first book. They're back for more in the second book. One of the benefits they offer is they design websites for organizations that are making an impact in the world. And because of their commitment to that, they realize that we need to have a planet to be impacted by our clients. So what can we do to help our environment? They have spent the last two years working with top researchers and scientists around the world to put together a spin-off of their company called CarbonOff. Here's the way CarbonOff works. You buy... You pay a certain amount per employee every month, and it offsets the environmental carbon impact by investing into carbon recapture tools, environmentally friendly tools, et cetera, et cetera. And they have a whole calculator where they figure out, they incorporate you know, your commute distance, uh, how you live, and they're offsetting not only your environmental impact at work, but at home as well. In a competitive market, Does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your client's pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your client's needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. They rolled this out to all of their employees. The CEO told me there were actually people on their team that were in tears, realizing that their employer was going to be living up to this goal of doing good by doing better and doing better by doing good. And as a result, they put together this program. Now, here's the kicker. cost costs about $30 a month. That's it. I guarantee you're paying more for healthcare than $30 a month. I guarantee you're probably your payroll processing fee is north of $30 a month. This is not a big employee benefit. But think about putting out into the marketplace, hey, we carbon offset your life because we're committed to the environment. Interesting approach. One that's in the middle. Uh, My good buddy, John Rulin runs a company called Giftology. John's got a handful of employees, maybe about a dozen. One of the things that John has is free babysitting for his staff anytime. Now, some people are freaking out about that. But what he says is, hey, I want you to be able to go out with your significant other, with your spouse, and have somebody watch your kids. So here's the thing. Anytime you want to do that, you go find the babysitter you want, pay them, And then submit a receipt for reimbursement, and we'll cover the babysitter. Stop and think about keeping your employees married, keeping your employees in the relationships they're in. What are some of the biggest things that cause turmoil in an employee's personal life that spills into their professional work? Trouble on the home front, trouble with the spouse, trouble with the kids. Nine times out of 10, those problems can be solved with proximity and frequency of dates. Easy to do. And it's a a fluctuating cost. Sometimes people do it more often than others. But John told me, he's like, Joey, what's interesting is it really ends up being a rounding error for us for something that is huge value for our people. Last example, there's a company called Seven Rooms that makes software that helps hotels manage their reservations. When you apply for a job at Seven Rooms, you go through the process, you uh, kind of go through interviews, and you get your job offer, and you accept your offer. And Seven Rooms says, great, so Nick, when would you like to start working? And Nick says, I'd like to start on the 15th of next month. You say, great, um, we will see you on the 30th. And Nick's like, uh, okay, but I said I wanted to start working on the 15th. And they're like, no problem, you are going to start working on the 15th. But for the first two weeks of your job, we're going to pay you and give you all your benefits and you don't have to come to work. All we would ask you do is be part of our Fresh Start program. The Fresh Start program says, spend those two weeks doing something you've been putting off. Go visit your college roommate. One of their uh, folks went hiking in the Northwest. One of their folks hiked the Appalachian Trail. One of their people uh, went and became a wine expert, not a full sommelier, but they took some certification courses in wine. And the only requirement of the Fresh fresh Start program is that on your first day at work, when we have lunch with the whole team and we're meeting everyone, we're going to ask you how you spent your Fresh Start. And you can share the story of what you did for the last two weeks with the team. Now, This costs them two weeks of salary, two weeks of benefits before the person has ever produced one minute of productivity or revenue for the business. But what they noticed is from the moment they implemented this program, their applications for open spots doubled. This stuff isn't rocket science. It's about trying to put yourself in the shoes of your employees and say, what would be a fun benefit for them? Most of your employees aren't sitting at home saying, Gosh, I really hope they have a foosball table at work. Most of your employees are sitting at home saying, Gosh, I wish I had more time with my parents. Oh man, I wish I could have the time off to go on that vacation I wanted to go on. Oh, you know, it'd be amazing if we could go on a date more than once every six months, me and my spouse. Oh, it'd be awesome if I didn't feel horribly guilty about the impact I'm having on the environment commuting an hour to work every day. This stuff isn't rocket science, it just requires a little intentionality
1: and a little effort. Such cool examples, because uh, two of the questions I, I like to ask, typically just random people and that I meet at least the first time is, what do you think you spend too much time doing? And if you had more time, what would you do? I love it. it. It really gets that to, to the heart of that person. And they're like, you know what? I, I don't know. Or they'll come back 20 minutes later and they're like, you know what I would actually want to do is this. And it really speaks back to that seven rooms organization because they actually get to think about that question and then upon it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And think about the extra spring in your step that a new employee has shown up for the first day at seven rooms. They're rested. They're recharged. They're ready to go. One of the things that is, in my opinion, absolutely insane about the way so many employees in the United States, at least, operate is we quit one job on Friday and start the new job on Monday. And I recognize that often that's because we don't have the economic means to bridge more than the weekend. But more often than not, it's also because I need the health insurance to keep going. The way Seven Rooms says, yeah, the health insurance vests on day one, we're not horsing around with this. None of this, you got to be with the company for 90 days before we care about your health. No, we're going to just do it from the beginning. And I get, I don't want to acknowledge that that comes with an expense, but it's the right thing to do. And in my experience, when you choose the right thing to do in your business, the marketplace responds, employees respond customers respond, vendors respond, the universe responds to meeting your decision to make good choices.
1: Cool. Thanks for sharing. I could ask another 30 questions, Joey. However, people would not buy the book. And so we don't want that to happen because then they're just going to listen to this audiobook of Joey Coleman talking about his entire book. So don't do that. Uh, but it's been a pleasure, and I highly recommend everybody go buy this book. Where can they find the book, Joey? And then uh, how can they connect with you?
0: So, the good news is, Nick, the book is available wherever you like to consume books in whatever format you like to consume books. One of the things that was really important to me is that we had the hardcover version, the ebook version, and the audiobook version all available the same day when the book came out. So if you've enjoyed the sound of this podcast, you can listen to me read you the book because I narrate the book. So it's available wherever you like to buy books. I'd love to put in a plug for go to your local bookstore. I know it's super easy to go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble and they're great. And I buy plenty of books from them as well. But every once in a while, go to that local bookstore in your town, ask them to order it or see if it's already there. Uh, It helps the businesses in your community to thrive and grow as well. And then if you want to learn more, if you want to sign up to experience the book, if you want to access the vault, come on over to joeycoleman.com. That's J-O-E-Y, like a baby kangaroo or a five-year-old, you know. Uh, Coleman, C-O-L-E-M-A-N, like the camping equipment, but no relation, joeycoleman.com where you can find all the information you need
1: to find about how to never lose an employee again. Just picture this five-year-old kid in a tent uh, now for for the next week. But appreciate it, Joey. Thanks so much. Uh, you're always welcome back and uh, best of luck to you on this book. Hopefully it's another best-selling book for you and looking forward to another, another book here in the future. You'll be number three when you come back uh, and looking forward to that one. But best of luck and we'll catch up here soon.
0: Thanks so much, Nick. And thanks to everybody else who is listening in today. So appreciate your time and I wish you all the best as you create great experiences.
1: Hey listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing this episode with them. And last, if you would like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, you can go to pressonefornick.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share.
0: Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.